Galaxy Cast fans, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me three people in the studio tonight. I have with me Eric the Artist. Hello, Lu Yukio. <laughs> I have with me Gary the Stud. Hey, Wade. <laughs> and I am Bob Crispin, your host, which for some reason I don't have an arm right now. <laughs> and we have two things we're going to talk with you tonight. And this is going to make it easy because we're going to talk about Deadpool 2 because we all three of us have gone and seen it. And we're going to talk about Star Wars, a solo story, which only three of us have seen it, which is all three of us. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to start the oh, first are, half. Are you, are you talking about their in general ticket sales? Yeah, there you go. Only three people actually <laughs> went and saw it. We are the only people that went. That's all so, that matters. So we're going to talk in the first half about Deadpool 2. And in the second half of tonight, we will talk about the Han Solo Star Wars story after our commercial break. So this will be a fun little round table about movies. So, by the way, if you haven't seen any of these movies, spoiler <laughs> Just putting it out there, because... Spoiler. Mm-hmm. Can I say it or not? Spoiler? Spoiler. Spoiler. So, yeah. if you haven't gone to see the movie, go see the movie first, and then come back, and, and then listen to us, because we're awesome that way. And, yes. and then tell us there's the shatter points of it. Because, <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> okay, so let's start off with Deadpool 2. And this movie came out, well, about a month ago now, as we're recording this podcast, and it... it uh, like two months ago. Is it too well? It was pretty it's close to months. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. I don't remember numbers. We're nothing if not timely and topical. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're geeks. We're busy. Uh, how did the movie do numbers wise? I don't remember off the top of my head. Better than I mean, one. It, it did better than the first apparently, one, right? Apparently, it did really well. Right, and and so I mean, as far as and like one was a huge hit. Money coming in. I mean, it was a big deal. Now, yeah, yeah they have absolutely no concerns about money with this. It did let, this movie. Let's deal with the monkey in the room first before we start talking about Deadpool. There's a really monkey quick. in here. Yeah, we got to get rid of it. Come here, <laughs> here, boy. I have a banana for you. <laughs> Is it the evil monkey? All right, so the monkey in the room. It's official. Disney has bought the Fox properties. Yes. It is now official. So I don't know when it officially starts. That would be interesting to know when oh, it actually Oh, I'm guaranteeing happens. you our first teaser for it is at the end of Avengers 4. You think it's? You definitely think it's going to be there for sure now? Oh, I, it's what everyone expected at the end of, of the Infinity first, War. Right. And it made more... I mean, it makes sense to me now they couldn't. A, that it wasn't entirely done. Right. And B... It's only the halfway point of what is really a long movie. Right. So it seems to me like, hey, we're going to announce stuff like that. That's the time to do it. Sure. I mean, like you've, you've said, Eric, we've hinted at it a ton of times. Fantastic Four. Anybody could come in there. X-Men, Silver Surfer. Galactus. Galactus. X-Men. Anybody could come in there. Doctor Doom. Who knows? And, you know, and now so. that's been bought, I wonder seriously if they're going to Hugh Jackman and they're saying, dude, we know you retired, but you could get that one last chance and you could fight Captain America or something well, or that, whatever. That's why I bring this up because now you've got two Deadpool movies that have knocked it out of the park do you, do you if you're disney do you go to ryan reynolds and go please we need you for at least three to four more movies i mean like do you really like well i'm sure those, I'm con- sure those contracts are, right? are being tossed around right now as and can you imagine this because this is where i was like my mind is kind of little right like ryan reynolds joked around about wanting to be an x an x-men he's mm-hmm. talked about wanting to be an avenger and wasn't there thinking back he made some sort of twitter post congratulating them on infinity war right yeah like what he, if he shared, his suddenly, rege- he shared his rejection letter from right, the right. Avengers. So what if suddenly now he's part of that? You know what I mean? Like I was kind of like, this is kind of this could play out in a really funny way between Ryan Reynolds and the rest of the cast, and how this could all totally like play out. Well, here's the thing with the direction they took with like Ragnarok, yeah. and Ant the Ant Man movies and stuff. They've shown how much humor they're willing to put into their films. They're showing sure. how much humor they're willing to put in a major property like Thor. Right. They went for it, sure. and it was the b- biggest Thor movie of all of them, the most successful. And you know, I know some people who hated it, but for the most part, really enjoyed by a lot right. by the public. Without ruining the character, because the character came right back in 
Avengers and was sure. kick butt, powerful. Probably God the of most powerful yeah. character there. Yeah, he was. They, you know, and it didn't. It, the story flowed. Right. So, if all that can be done, there's real, and you know, and you can have talking trees and talking raccoons and all that, and <laughs> and you have the Winter Soldier picking up rocket and doing a spin move, shooting a gun with one hand and rocket shooting in his right. other hand, and they're and it works. They can make these scenes work. There is no reason they can't get Deadpool, Deadpool to yeah. work with this universe. I absolutely agree. They could do it. It might have to, when he's combined with others. Yeah. They might have to take away the fourth wall rule. Or they I might think have, when they might have to get Ryan to tame down a little bit, right. like all the crazy stuff he's doing. And I think when he does his uh, solo outing, they can go further. And when he's joined in, right. you just kind of don't do that whole fourth wall thing. You just let him be a crazy regenerative assassin, and he works. He'll totally work with the universe. So I, I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't. I, I mean, I'll guarantee you those discussions are happening. I'm sure they are. So let's talk about the movie, because there's, there's a lot going on here in this movie, and it is I think it was probably... The best mutant movie I've seen in a while. I mean, quite honestly, probably was, one of the better quite, ones. It was quite full. So let, let's talk about some of the cameos in this movie, because there were a lot of them. I mean, there were a ton of cameos mm-hmm. of characters that definitely worked within the Marvel Universe. I mean, first off, what did you guys think of introducing all the young X-Men that we've seen in all the movies, you know, in the latest incantation, having them at the <laughs> X-Mansion, and just kind of walking in on them and walking out of it. Well, I mean, that's like, the thing. That they, they, all, they, like, closed the door and hit on him because they didn't want to talk to him. Right. Right when he said the line, we can't get any of the others, and there's the entire cast. Right, the entire cast. I thought here. that was kind of smart and, thought, and funny to do. What did you guys think about the him driving around on Professor X's... <laughs> wheelchair you know there were a lot of people that hated that i thought it was great i mean why would they hate it well because they thought it was disrespectful to professor xavier and charles would never let that happen to his his wheelchair and i was kind of like i don't think he had a choice in the matter number one he probably has more than one i'm sure he does right (laughs) and part of me was just like that's the whole point of deadpool he's disrespectful to everybody including charles xavier i loved it i thought it was great a lot of people just thought it was just a little too like oh too over the top no i didn't think that at all but i thought that was totally within the character right i mean totally in the realm of what you would totally expect from deadpool especially because you know he just had his love of his life murdered right he's not going to give a care about he's not gonna be like oh am i being disrespectful to you um he wasn't thinking about that at all would you guys think about how they handled Marina Bakarin's death here and the fact that she's, you know, in that afterworld life kind of thing and there was kind of that weird bubbly universe it that was she's an interesting, in? It was an interesting idea to actually, mm-hmm. you know, is he... It, w- it was interesting. I, I didn't know quite how to take it. I'm like, okay, he's seeing the afterlife. Right. But in the end, I just went with it because I felt like it, it worked with the flow for his motivations and I kind of right. liked the way they visually did it. And you were never 100% sure... Is she dead? Is, is she, she is, alive? Is he, well, is he seeing her for real, or right. is he just in some sort of state near death, and he's just you know hallucinating? You never quite knew. I mean, they 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 heavily lean towards he was really seeing her in the afterlife. That's what they heavily kind of hinted towards. because yeah, he's used in that state of being nearly dead. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's going on to the other side. And she keeps pushing him back. Right. Somebody called it a fifth wall break, which I thought was an interesting way to look at it—the fifth wall of death. And he was able to break the fifth wall of death now, so he could go beyond the grave and talk and then come back. And I was kind of like, huh, I never thought of it yeah. in that regard. And it is kind of a fifth wall break in that regard. I liked it only because you always wonder, you know, at times you wonder what, what is his motivation. And to see it now, like almost bluntly in front of you, I, you know, how do you do that in, in a situation like this where it's not a comic book cell? 
and he can't be thinking that. You know what I mean? So I thought to visually show that, I thought that was kind of a cool way to go about it. But what do you guys think about the at the end <laughs> where we can undo it now? <laughs> so it's all like undone, right? <laughs> well, that right? I thought was hilarious because they basically said, oh, by the way, yeah, we're just going to, even though the whole movie these, never happened. He set up these rules. He could do whatever the heck he wants. You know, right. Like, I mean, like part of me is sitting here going, well, then the whole movie never happened. Like we walked out and I said that to my kids. They're like, wait, what? No. I'm like, yeah, he just undid the whole movie. And they all went, oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, so the movie mm-hmm. happened, but it didn't. So let's like, think about that for here's a the thing. So where's Cable? Is Cable, if they do a sequel, are they going to. Somewhere in a time well, stream, with, somewhere. Right? Here's, the, here's the problem. They're going to ignore that teaser, that little joke at the end. And yeah. if the movie continues, she may be alive, but they're going to basically act like all the events of this movie still happened. Oh, I'm sure they will, They yeah. won't do that little bit of, he undid the whole movie. Yeah, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like, you could sit there and go, well, the, the whole movie Logically, never... Logically, yes. It never physically actually happened, and it happened in a different time stream somewhere somewhere else. Mm. I just thought that was kind of an interesting way to come out of it. Well, you could still think that most of the movie would have happened, because the fact that he saved her didn't stop the kid from going nuts with his flames. I guess that's true. Those events may still have happened. But in a different way. In a, you know, and he may have still gone... And been involved somehow, but you know it's I don't know. Time travel is messy. <laughs> it is, and and what, it got messy in this movie too. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So let's keep talking about characters here. What about we had Colossus come back? Which Gary, I know you were excited oh, yeah. about. Yep. How, how did you? What do you think of how they played Colossus out in this movie? Uh, again, the, the, one of the best Colossus. I, I gotta agree. Seen. The guy who's doing Colossus, I really hope Disney hangs on to him for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, even Juggernaut was decent looking. Juggernaut, Thank you. I was gonna get back to Juggernaut. He but yeah. was a little weird. I felt like his lower half was a little too small. Like but, he was really tiny waisted and stuff. And I, he's, he's but if you look back at the comics, the original, like way back in the '80s when they were drawing Juggernaut, right? Not now. Right. He actually was drawn that way. I'll have to look. If you look, he's got this really... His helmet was I always thought, it was a little weird. It looked like it was all bent metal instead yeah. of being his typical helmet. But isn't there... Wasn't there a time where that was Juggernaut's helmet before he got the one where he was, like, trying to keep Charles out of his head? I thought originally his original helmet was just, like, a bent piece of metal he put on his head just to protect his skull so he could hit things. At least maybe I'm wrong. I thought... I, I, I think it's always been the mystical uh, helmet that he's always yeah. had. Okay. And then... He looked. Like, I felt like they, he looked like bulldozer a little bit. I also felt like they pulled. They powered him down quite a bit. Yeah. But they had to for this universe. They brought right. Juggernaut down. Well, yeah, I think they <clears> could <throat> use it later to power him up a little bit more later to kind of soup him up yeah. if they wanted to. Which I was going to bring Juggernaut up. So thank Sorry. you for for beating me to that one. <laughs> but I, I actually liked the Juggernaut version they introduced here. I, I hope they explore him a little bit more. I uh, you know not that what they did is bad. They just want him to explore the yeah. character a little he was bit okay. more. He was okay. What about Negasonic Teenage Warhead on this one? What did you guys think of her continuation? I, I, I still liked her. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she was. I think she was a little underused. I would like to have yeah. seen a bit more of her. I, I felt like they, she was fine, and they brought her in at the end, and they did, you know, but she only got to do like one thing. I'm right? kind of hoping in the next X Men movie they bring her in. You know what I mean? More than they've ever brought her in at this I, point. I, I, I would have liked to have seen her go, go off against Juggernaut too. Yeah, I agree that, with that, you. That's what I was kind of hoping. We never for. saw that in this movie, and yeah. I wanted to see it, and it just never quite happened. And you know, having Colossus and Juggernaut go at each other, okay, but having her go at Juggernaut would have been really cool. Like a moment I was oh, yeah. waiting for. How about Cable? What do you guys think of Cable in this movie, uh, Eric? I know you had misgivings about Cable going into it. He was it. he was better than I expected. Okay. You know, he worked okay. Brolin was fine as the role. I mean, he'd obviously gotten in killer shape for the role. Absolutely. I still didn't like his outfit. Yeah, I still felt the whole T-shirt thing just didn't. He needed more futuristic 
clothes, in my opinion. He looked a little too much like, I mean, he had a a torn cape, a t-shirt, and then he had the metal arm and the Cybertronics and all that, but I felt like everything he had should have been a bit more futuristic. I liked the the gun that either flew to him through psionic reasons or through magnetic reasons, like it would come back and lock onto his, his, his outfit. For the most part, I liked him. Okay. And I thought that Brolin was pretty good in the role. I liked that I like the way they approached him and that you thought he was a, he could be a bad guy and everything and then he just shows up in the apartment. Right. And he's like, "Look, I got a reason I'm doing all this." And he right. kind of explained it out and so it was like, but he never he didn't become all buddy buddy with Wade. I like that he would still when they were driving in the car and he said, "You're just like a freak dressed in a sex out, you know, <laughs> right. sex that bondage outfit and stuff." And you know, he still didn't like him. And then right. at the very end, he rethought things a bit when he saw his you know his his sense of honor show through right. and everything, and it was it was a good progression for the character. So overall, I liked him. How they addressed him in the movie, though, viewing the movie like I was there with my wife, who doesn't know the comics. Same with my wife. The, yep. Viewing the movie from an outside point of view, it seems like it comes out of left field that for absolutely no reason someone comes flying back from the future. Right. It's like, whoa, you know what? There's no there's no real setup for that. There's no real no pre- rhyme or reason to it at all. Yeah. There's no real pre established thing in the universe for right. this. They really, they really heavily leaned on the fact that, well, people know who Cable is, so we could tell a bit of him coming back, and it's just fine that it's happened. It's like that. The story is that someone from the future just came back all of a sudden, and is happens to be going after the guy that Deadpool's trying to protect, and it just seemed very, very convenient and yeah. put together very quickly. I wish that had been done differently. I don't know what the solution would have been because I know they didn't have a lot of time to tell it, but I almost, I don't know. It just seemed like. It's like Deadpool met the kid character right. before we even met Cable. And then all of a sudden, someone from the future is after that kid, too. Right. I almost would have preferred from the get-go, the movie opened with Cable after the kid. Right. The kid escaped. And then it's like, it's not that Deadpool is already with the kid, and then so is this guy coming from the future. It's that the whole story is about the guy after the kid, and Deadpool gets involved. That alone might have helped me a bit. You know, it made it confusing for me, and... and I could understand this from my wife's point of view. She she assumed Cable's a bad guy from the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they portray him as such. Yes. And I'm sitting there the whole time myself confused going, but wait a minute. We all know Cable's not a bad guy. He's an X-Men from the future. Like, we all know that's not supposed to be the case. So I kept sitting there going, okay, when are they going to explain this? Yeah. When are they going to explain this? When are they going to explain this? And so for, like, half the movie, you're kind of sitting there going, what is going on? Like, what's really going on? Well, that, that, it seems slightly confusing, you know? That, that, that's part of the problem I got with the Deadpool movies, period, is Deadpool is actually the bad guy. Right, like, all, and, all and, by and, himself, he yeah, kind of is. Yeah, and they never... He's his own worst enemy when they, it comes they, to they, things. They never addressed that. Though. Right. And he's the worst enemy of most people around him. <laughs> right, right. Like, he causes so many problems himself, he is the right. problem. And you're right, Gary. It's kind of the weird thing that I don't think a lot of people understand is Deadpool's his own problem. <laughs> yeah. And and they don't get to that well. You know what I mean? Like, they don't really explain that well. They don't do it well. And and it's it's like they're afraid to paint Ryan Reynolds in that regard. I don't think Ryan Reynolds is afraid of that. That's the really weird thing. I bet if you were to ask him, he'd be like, I'll be, I'd be cool with that. If you made yeah. me a bad guy, I'd be cool with that. You know, like... But he, it just, it, it didn't work. I mean, at least as far as that... It took me a while to figure out who the bad guy was. I, I thought it was... I thought it was Cable for a little bit. I'm going, is it? You know, like, did I miss something? You know, like, is there a version of the of Deadpool that I missed where Cable is the bad guy? And then the kid kind of became the 
bad guy. Right. And then And then it was it, like it was oh, the people who ran the house the people the in the guy. house are the bad guy. But you kind of knew they were bad guys from the beginning because right. you know, it got very clear very early on they were mistreating the kids, but then they kind of got ignored for a long time. Right. So the structure of this movie was very strange. It's yeah. not typical structure. No. And in some regards, I like that. I mean, let's face it. You always say, I don't want to see the same old, same old. Change it up. Right. But it made this one very, like I said, jumping around. Okay. I would have liked if they had streamlined it, made Cable the main story instead of coming in as late. I mean, I was surprised how late he showed up in the movie. Yeah, when he did. I was there. like, I was like, oh, okay. Here, oh, he's coming from the future. He's not already. It would have been better if he was like already there. Great. I would like to. I would like to have not seen the future segment. Mm-hmm. Seen the guy there. After the kid, Deadpool's like, well, I got to protect the kid. And then eventually he explains who he is. And right, the time flashback travel, at then. The time, yeah, and then yeah. explain the time travel thing. Them showing it from the beginning seemed like, whoa, this is just, it was just very odd way of doing it. And I did, it took me a little bit to put together that the guy in the future that goes after Cable's kid is the kid with the, yeah. the fist. I didn't, did not put that together at first. It took me a little bit well, yeah, I think they were to try- figure that out. I think that's what they were trying to surprise you with, too, right. a little bit. When he, when he finally says what happens to the kid in the future. But again, it just because of the way they did it, it bounced around a lot. And that was the weird thing about the movie too. They picked some X Men characters that were a little out of left field. Well, to be honest with you, before you go on that one though, because we're still talking about the bad guys. Yeah, go ahead. The the two named bad guys that they did have in there, Black Tom Cassidy was <laughs> he was a joke. Yeah, and then you got the Juggernaut. Yeah. And, and all he was doing was protecting the kid, just like uh, Wade's yeah. trying to protect the kid. So. And I didn't see Juggernaut as a bad guy here. That's the really weird right. thing. Like, he doesn't come across as a bad guy. And you're right, Black Tom Cassidy just didn't seem to fit into what was going on here. Yeah. It just didn't, I don't I know. think, if I read somewhere, there was supposed to be more with him. Something was planned with Black Tom Cassidy, and when it didn't work out... A lot of it hit the they, cutting room they floor. They went to the joke route, and they said, well, we'll use this instead. It's like, I think there was more... That was supposed to happen there. It was in one of these videos that you see on YouTube where they talk about. And it's kind of a shame because it could have been something huge. Well, and Black really Tom cool. Cassidy and, and is like Juggernaut's only friend. Right. I mean, they've always been kind right. of paired together. Right. And, stuff. And, and then you got to the tie in with the X Men movies too because of Banshee. Right. Because they're because they're related. Yeah, right. They're, yeah. Uh, uncle and uh, nephew, I think. Right? I believe that's right. Or father's father's son. I can't remember. Oh, and we'll, okay, so let me cover that first before I get into my weird and mutants. What about the missed opportunities in this movie? Like, I think there were several missed opportunities. Like, I'm sitting here going, where was Bishop? Where was Forge? Like, you had some... Well, Bishop was... No, what was Terry Crews' character? I don't remember his name. I, I never... thought he was Bishop. No, he wasn't. No. Bedlam. Bedlam. Yeah. So Terry Crews played Bedlam. Yes. Which is an obscure character, which we'll talk about some of the obscure characters in a minute. But, like, we missed some huge opportunities here. I mean, like, bringing Cable in, cool. Bringing Forge in, eh, a little better. Bringing Bishop in, wow. I mean, like, you could have surprised me with Bishop. I don't know how you guys felt about that. But I just kind of felt like that was a missed moment. I think this was on purpose because of the joke they pulled. Where they filmed sequences where you thought... There was a bunch of X Force action that was going to happen in this movie that never came. You know, you see, you see uh, Bedlam punching people. You see right. people doing moves, you know, and stuff. The movie comes, and the joke is they all die before they even get to their first mission. <laughs> Spoiler alert: every single one of them dies before they get. What, to their what first did mission. you guys think of that, though? I mean, like <laughs> when it happened, I was like, "What?" Well, yeah, like what just and then happened? About three minutes later, I was like, "That was great." They yeah, just, they just totally faked us out and they killed all these people. That was great. <laughs> Especially Vanisher. Oh, yeah, Vanisher. Vanisher, you there? Are you there? (laughs) 
<laughs> just see a parachute. Yeah. <laughs> and you saw who played Vanisher. Yeah, it was, uh, Brad, it was Pitt. Brad Pitt. Yeah. yeah. They got him in for a brief role. So that's, to me, that was actually really funny. And I like that. That's a very Deadpoolish thing to do. Okay. And I think the reason you didn't see the characters that would have been cooler is because yeah. there is an X-Force movie coming. And I, they didn't... You think they deliberately... They deliberately said, well, the ones we want to use, you're not going to let you kill them off. Right. So we'll give you Zeitgeist and Bedlam and these you know people that but no one cares about. But here's the stupid about. thing. If they were going to... I mean, just again, planning purposes. Let's say they're going to retcon the whole thing because of the, the time right, travel. Right, right. You could have killed... You could have killed Wolverine Here's the and thing. Charles Xavier, I don't, Beast, I think, all of them, and brought them all back. Yeah, and I don't think they're thinking that way because I think, again, like I said to you, the next movie isn't going to retcon the whole movie. They're not thinking that him doing that teaser at the end stopped it from happening. They still want cable. They still want all the events to kind right. of happen so they can continue the story. I get what you're saying. So they wouldn't have done the retcon thing. I yeah. mean, they did show him save Peter, right. but they couldn't. They could. You know what I mean? Like they could have saved both. the rest. Yeah, yeah. he could have saved the rest. But <laughs> what'd you guys think of Peter? As a character. You know, I, mean, like, I was kind of hoping for a bit more. Really? The way they set him up with the trailer and they show him parachuting and looking all like perfect form yeah. parachuting. And I was waiting for him to actually do something super heroic, which would have been. I was kind of hoping he'd be the only one left. Right. Like when it was all said and done and, and he's left with Peter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, he's left with Peter and Domino and uh, Cable and all right. that. Right. They all go and save the day. That's, that's, that's what I was hoping for. And then for Peter to like die some really stupid way. You know what I mean? Like he shoots juggernaut it bounces off his helmet and hits peter in the head and then he goes well shit <laughs> you know like <laughs> just something like that i thought right. that would have been better i mean the wood chipper was funny enough but yeah i just yeah <laughs> what about domino we all talked about domino we are concerns I, about domino what did you think i liked that? the way they did the character they did the character as kind of uh i see what they were going for it it was kind of like a foxy brown 70s yeah version i was fine with that because in the end I actually liked the person playing it. I thought she had some some charisma and some. I mm-hmm. liked her approach. Was that well? I'm gonna. It wasn't. It wasn't the Domino we know from the comics, who's like no. kind of a badass and tough. It right. was. I'm lucky. I'm always going to be safe. Right. So she was like kind of that lighthearted feeling. How would you feel if you knew you were always gonna things were going to work out for you? Right. <laughs> you know, you probably wouldn't be a very heavy, moody, badass, whatever. I mean, I, so that was their approach to it. So you didn't get like if you wanted the comic. Domino, you That's disappointed. Not it. You didn't That's get right. it. But the way they did her, and the way they kind of did the whole sequence, like she got onto the truck and the whole time Deadpool's explaining how she's the dumbest character in the world. Yeah. It's not cinematic. And meanwhile, you're seeing all the lucky things happen. Right. And it's, it doesn't do anything. And it, she gets there and then she's like, I'm in. He's like, wait, you're in already? Yeah. I liked, I thought they made it work. Yeah. And then the way she like jumps out and she knows she's going to be fine. She hits the inflatable panda and all, the, you know, the way they did well, it. Well, I just thought that it was funny too that he kept pointing out that being lucky is not a, not a skill or yeah. not a, not a superpower. Not a superpower. Yes, you don't is. have a superpower. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> so I was fine with the way they did it. It was obviously the movie version of, right. of, it was not what you expect from the comics. I'm okay with it. It threw me. And I'll tell you why it threw me. Not because it wasn't the comic book version. I was okay with that. It just, the fro for whatever reason i just can't explain it just didn't seem to fit well because she's so you know? her, she's so visually iconic with that black yeah kind of goth haircut that she has. yeah and i just you know <clears throat> even if it had been a less bushy fro you know what i mean like a smaller fro mm-hmm. i might have been okay with it but it was it just threw me i don't know why it just still threw me throughout the movie i mean i was okay with it yeah and you're right the actress did a spectacular job she was strong with her character I liked her character. I want her to be in the next Deadpool yeah, I'm movie. I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm looking that forward to her in X Force and whatever else she does. But it was just the fro just seemed a little too much outside that. It was like they were going way outside the box yeah. on purpose, and I get it. But it was like too far for me. I don't know. How'd you feel about the 
her character, Gary. Yeah, I, I thought she did really well. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed that character. Did the look throw you at all? No. Okay. I got used to it real quick. Yeah, same here. I, I just I couldn't get myself into that. It took me out just a little bit. Not a lot. But, and that's, what's funny is I grew up on the comics during this time period. I mean, we're talking... We all do, I have yeah. the collection yeah. of... The whole mutant massacre and the age of yeah. apocalypse and yep. all the different things and yep. that whole time. Got period. them all sitting over there. Yep. And yeah. I was still okay with the changes. I'm not so a slave. I wasn't like these. Irked at it. Like, I, no, no, I hate I'm Deadpool. Not. It was just, it kind of took me out right. of the moment a little bit. But I'm bit, saying, even know? with all the movies, when you look at even like Avengers and all that, yeah, yeah. They're, they're pretty true to the characters, but not entirely. I mean, they yeah, are changing right. everything to some extent, right. some more so than others. I can't think of anything they've done in the movies that, is, that has bothered me. Really? Not like. The atrocious Fantastic Four movie we got just a little bit ago, where they turned Doctor Doom into a guy wrapped in metal from an alien planet, and you so, know, with so let me ask you this: or, you know, all those characters I didn't like the way they what did about that. The X-Men, too far. What about the X Men costumes, though? That's never bothered you that they're not the stylized costumes we grew up with. Oh, I've always wanted them. I've definitely wanted to see them. Yeah. And the thing is, I think they've worked their way to get there. I mean, we now have fairly screen accurate Doctor Strange. Yeah. You know, he's got the cape. He's got I mean, everything. You can't get any closer than what we've got. They're, they're ready, I think, to jump into to the do, and here's And they can explain it away because it is a new universe. It's, they're right. moving into the Marvel version now, not the Sony version. Yep. I think I think we're finally going to see some of that. Okay. So what about some of these other <clears throat> odd characters that we well, threw they had, in? I mean, they had, like, what's his name there? Totally making fun of. They had Shatterstar. Oh, yeah, Shatterstar. Which was totally making fun of Rob Lightfield. Yeah, you know, in a way, they're like taking. It, it, no one likes or cares about this character, but we'll put him in. We'll make him look cool. I thought that was kind of funny that they had him. What about Bedlam? What about? I like Terry. I wish Terry Crews actually comes back. I like him as an actor. I like his yeah. performances. He's also, you know, he's super built. And he's jacked. He's got the superhero Absolutely. look. He needs to come back and do something in one of these movies where he stays, <laughs> or they need to bring Bedlam back <laughs> for, another, for another movie somehow. I agree with you. What about Weasel? I, I gotta admit, I was tainted by all the negative negativity I've heard of him. There's a lot of stories about him being a jerk lately, and mm-hmm. you know stuff about him uh, being the whole Me Too movement and him being yeah, yeah. to women and all that. And I gotta admit, I thought about it while he was on screen. I lo- I think he's a funny guy, and he was fine in the movie. But it, it it's that sat in the back of my head. Right, and it's horrible. I couldn't get rid of it. I get it. How about Yukio? <laughs> I liked I liked what they did with her just because she was like a, a, a you I just, know just I just wish joke. I knew who she was supposed to be you know what I mean like she was just Yukio and uh-huh. there's uh-huh. no mutant anywhere that I know well, of they named said Surge. Yukio. Yeah, they, Surge. they talk about a character named Surge who controls electrical electricity they said she comes really close they believe she's probably Surge and that's and she's a fairly new character yeah. I believe so oh in the Marvel yeah. and so if I'm not reading X Men lately right. I wouldn't know that's okay all right. What about uh, Buck? <laughs> I think he was in the bar there. Oh, he was the guy at the bar. Oh, okay. Who, who ended up peeing himself? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. It was <laughs> take it or leave it. <laughs> and Zeitgeist. What did you guys think of Zeitgeist? Well, I remember seeing him a lot because they he was a big character about the time when X Force got rebranded because right. of the whole the period of time period where they had like dupe, right, and stuff, and it was like. That book got huge for a while. It Wasn't was like, that right around the same time that the X-Men animated series came out and I some think. of those guys started kind of slipping into yeah. the... Okay. I remember that whole thing being a very big deal. Like, it was a well-written comic. It had yeah. Mike, I think Mike Allred was doing the drawing. So his, I believe he, so, he had too. That, it was kind of the introduction to a lot of people to his unique art style. Mm-hmm. It was very big. So I thought, when I realized who he was playing, even though right. he didn't have the costume at all, right. I remember I realized who he was playing. I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat that they're doing him. It, I didn't even know he, that's who he was till. I left the theater, pulled up my IMDb, yeah. and went, oh, that's Zeitgeist. Like, I yeah. didn't 
didn't catch on to that. Like maybe There's I just a, they it didn't went leave over it in the head. movie, but I saw a great alternative take mm-hmm. where you, the person playing Zeitgeist was Bill Skarsgård, right? Who played it in Dairy, right? And there's a great moment where he stands there, and it cuts to you know the, he's just standing there not saying anything, and it cuts back to Deadpool, and he's he turns to what's his name next to him, and he's just like, who is this clown? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like they didn't leave that line in. I thought they should have. Oh, okay. I thought it would have been a nice little moment. But so what about the humor in the movie? We all talked about we were so afraid of the the humor being too over the top. Like the first movie was so dark that we thought that they might try oh. to go the other <clears throat> way with this. They one. got rid of the darkness. The, dark, quick, the right? darkness was now, instead of it being depressing dark, it was black humor dark. It was people yeah. dying for humorous yeah. reasons dark. And I felt that's much more in line with Deadpool than depression out and out. Oh, <laughs> And it sounds dumb, but I'm kind of glad that they killed them the way they did. Like wood chippers, you know. Hitting a bus. Hitting a bus. <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> fried on the electrical wire. Right, yeah, fried on the electrical yeah. These are more like <clears throat> what I expect out of a Deadpool comic, you know, than, than mm-hmm. the last movie. Where it was, like you said, they were trying so hard to tell the origin story and be dark about it. Whereas here, I kind of felt like the humor was the way that people died. Yeah. More like what I expect Deadpool to be. And I just, I kind of liked that. I liked, I thought the humor was pretty good. I thought the fourth wall breaking was, I mean, the fourth wall breaking started from the first shot. Right. Where he sets down the, the Wolverine music box and starts talking about movies. Wolverine right. died in his movie. You know, I'm like... Oh, they're going right from the beginning with this. Yeah, they're oh, not yeah. even waiting. <laughs> yeah. So I liked that, and I thought that was good. I thought most of the fourth wall breaks worked for me. I actually kind of liked the way they did the intro, too. Like, it was another non... You know what I mean? Like, the first movie had a weird intro where you're kind of like, where are we going with this? Like It starts this at one, a later part. Right. It, it seems to be a trend where he starts partway into the movie, then tells then to backs that it point, up. then right. tells beyond it. Right. Which I thought was kind of cool. I liked yeah. it. I liked, the, I liked the, the backup. You know what I mean? And actually, this time, because my wife saw the first one with me, she was expecting it this time around, and it, was, it worked. I, I thought mm-hmm. it worked. <clears throat> the only person I thought it was kind of weak in this whole movie, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is the kid, Fire Fist himself. He was a bit. And um, it, it was kind of it, almost distracting as, it as was, weak what as was, the, was. I mean, it, his look was unique. He was, New, I think, New Zealander or something. He had yeah. the accent. Mm-hmm. He just seemed hard. I mean, not, I guess... They took away every single stereotype you'd see in a character like that. Like, normally the kid might be more withdrawn. He might look darker. You know, this kid didn't look super tough. Right. But I guess that was the point, was anyone bullied and mistreated and stuff can become a horrible bad guy if put in that position. So that's fine. Something about his acting, though, kept... Every time he he pulled me out. I don't know if it was his line readings, the way he emoted. I kept getting pulled out a little bit whenever he he was doing stuff. I just didn't get the impression that he was scary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like he had mutant powers. We knew that, but I just didn't feel like he was scary. And I don't know um, how you fix that. Well, the, the thing you're, I, I think Gage might be missing is he's a new, he's a mutant coming into his powers. Yeah, I get it. So therefore he's not, doesn't know what he can do, what he can't do. Not he in control. Th- right. Right. And maybe he's holding back from losing control on it. And yeah, and when he gets older, he just embraces the fact that he doesn't know how to control it. Right. So we saw some Easter eggs in this movie. We were just looking at a, an article about mm, some of those Easter few. eggs. There were quite a few that that were in there. We 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 actually talked about Peter and and the things in there. He definitely makes references to other Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. And and he make you know we talked about. The cameo is Brad Pitt as Vanisher, which I thought was yeah. He talks about the cable, uh, cable having a Winter Soldier arm. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But not yeah. as good. But not as good, yeah. 
and and the Taylor Swift kitten T-shirt, which I never caught on to, while he was in in the actual X Men mansion. I remember the the Hugh Jackman Les Miserables joke, which I thought was just awesome. Two four six zero one. Yes, called him two four six zero one. How about the redo? I, I of saw the that. Bullet in, I saw that in the commercial. I knew what really? they were doing right away when when they did it. He cuts the bullet in half and then does the whole blocking, but he still gets shot. I thought that was. Excellent. And doesn't he kill himself too, or something like that? <clears throat> yeah, he killed, yeah, he killed himself, he, right? He killed the original Deadpool, and right? Wolverine. Oh yeah, at the end. Yeah, at the very end. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, well, I, I and thought then that was there's good. a lot of people who even thought, okay, enough with the Green Lantern jokes when he shoots himself. <laughs> reading yes. the Green Lantern script. Yeah. So I've some people have been like, okay, we're done with that. That's that's kind of. Now enough. here's here's a, uh, an Easter egg you may not have gotten. I didn't get it while it was there. The, the shirt he's wearing while he's at the apartment when Dead, when Cable shows up, it's the exact same style of shirt, <laughs> I can't believe this is true, that Chunk wears from Goonies. Goonies. <laughs> it's the same style so, of someone shirt. Someone in the costume department had some fun. Yeah, somebody was, was definitely, you know, definitely making sure. Apparently the director made a cameo. In yeah, the movie. what did it say he did? He's one of Cable's prisons in the uh, victims in the prison. There, there's the one-eyed Willie comment that he makes mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. We talked about Logan's movie box. How about the gray X Force costume? I picked the, up on that. I did too. I like immediately as soon as I saw him. Like, he was oh, burned. And I'm nice. Like, He's burned, but that looks too even. It's like they're definitely right. playing off that. They, other to- look. they totally brought that look back. Now I liked that costume. So the fact that they homage to it, I thought it was kind of a cool. It was an interesting way to bring that costume in, into the into the fold of that that yeah. particular moment. The X Men T shirt. What'd you guys think of that? The, the, the jersey, yeah, trainee, right? I mean, how about all of that too? Like the fact that he's and X Men in training and all that. I mean, I thought that was actually kind of funny. I thought that played out well. Yeah, it could have been worse, but I thought it played out well. Alan Tudyk was there as Redneck Number Two. <laughs> it was being lectured on the truly proper way to go about wiping oneself. In the washroom. Yeah, and one of the rednecks, I don't think they listed here, I think was played by Matt Damon. Oh, really? In the back of the truck. <laughs> Could be. I thought I heard something about that. Okay. Uh, we Hope was obviously the person who, you know, that's the bear, right? It belongs to Hope, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, the bear is his daughter's, and he keeps it with him. Um, now this is one I didn't catch that Gary said he. Oh, caught. I, I caught that one right, right from the get-go. Essex Corporation, and that's only because I'm a Mr. Sinister fan. I, I and <laughs> I was looking for an Essex thing, but I didn't catch it. Now where was it? it? Was on the briefcase? It was on the briefcase. The school. Was it actually called the Essex School? Well, uh, not all. Or was, was it just school, was, was sponsored was, by Essex? I, I think Corp- so. Yeah. Okay, I didn't catch on to that. <clears throat> uh, I didn't catch on to that the kid was actually Fire Fist. I'd never heard of that mutant. That was the first time I'd ever heard right. of it. So that was kind of a new one. Dupender's Taxi actually had an Easter egg to Alpha Flight. Yep, the ad on top is about flying to Canada. About flying to Canada. And, you know, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. The cure for blindness being there all along. We, we, <laughs> we talked about that. Apparently Deadpool's creator cannot draw feet, if you did not know that. Yeah, Rob, Rob Liefeld. Yeah, Rob there's, Liefeld. A, there's a long-running joke with that. Is that really? I, I didn't, was unaware of that. And, you know... There's lots of other little little ones here and there about the Geppetto Woodchipper claims <clears throat> Zeitgeist. M-Day is near. Now, you, you had to explain to me what M-Day was, Eric. So what's M-Day again? It was a comic line. It was one of their big you know, events, crossover events, when the Scarlet Witch basically made mutants not exist anymore, and about 200 of them survived. They were on the edge of extinction. 
Okay, so the, the chants of purity or unity apparently are what started the idea of a statement that M-Day is near, um, which is kind of interesting. And the new mutant, who we're not sure, is Yukio, but could be, as, as you guys said... They think it's Surge. We think it might be Surge. So, final thoughts on this, this movie is before we move on to Han Solo. <laughs> what did you guys think of... Deadpool was it a must see? Was it a kind of must see? Or for me, it was like, no, like okay, number one. Let's, let's do zero to ten, I guess, like we always do. People loved number one, yeah. and I was always more reserved about it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, enjoyed what it did, thought it needed some help. I think number two was to, for me better. Okay, still can't go full in on it because of the problems we've already discussed with the, some of the storytelling pacing, some of the weird things with Cable just being thrust upon you to get him in there, and yeah. You know, if you look at it from an outside point of view, a guy all of a sudden a guy coming back from the future where there's no explanation for it and everything. Some of the characterizations that were done, but you know, most of the humor hilarious, most of the timing great, the action sequences really well done, special effects, visuals, him as Deadpool as always top notch. I'm gonna give it a solid out of ten. Yeah. I'm gonna say like, can I do halves? Sure. <laughs> Seven and a half. Okay. I can't go, you know, nine or even eight, which is really way up there, but I don't want to go lower than a seven because that starts making it sound middle of the road. It's definitely better than middle of the road. So I'm going to give it a good solid seven and a half and say, yeah, it's it, if you're going to go, if you're a fan, see it in the theater. Okay. So I was a huge Deadpool one fan. I mean, I I massively loved the first Deadpool movie. I actually thought the storytelling was good. Other, you know, you've brought about the dark side of it, but I was expecting it to be dark. I I kind of went in. Pre-blown, I guess. Knowing <laughs> that pre-blown. Look, you know, pre-mind what, blown. what kind of night you had when you saw that movie, yeah, we don't yeah, need yeah, to know. Yeah. Uh, pre-mind blown about the idea that it wasn't going to be a humor all out. I, I kind of had a feeling that was going to be right. the case. But this movie had some problems. This movie had some storytelling issues. It actually had a bad guy issue for a while. Mm-hmm. For almost half the movie, I didn't know who our bad guy was. Where were you going with this? Like... It actually had me slightly confused, and I'm a Deadpool, X-Force, X-Men, New Mutants fan, and I was slightly confused for a little bit, so I can only imagine how my wife felt for a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so I get that. I, I actually understood where she was coming from, going, I'm not sure I understand. And she kept leaning in me, going, do you know what's going on? And I actually looked at her at one point and went, I'm not sure right now. I thought I knew, <laughs> but I'm starting to think I don't know my X-Men all of a sudden. It got back there, eventually got back to what I know, but it took a while to get there. So that bothered me a little bit. It bothered me a little bit that we had mutants that I didn't know. And I don't know. I, I guess I don't like feeling dumb in my own movie. You know what I mean? Like where I go to see a movie, especially one that's supposed to be geeky like this, I want to feel like I'm in the know. And I actually felt like I didn't know for part of it. So I'm not going to give this one like a 10, um, but I'm not going to give it a middle of the road five. So for me, yeah, it was a seven. It was a solid seven. I mean, okay. it was a good movie. I'll watch it again, and I'll buy it. Like, I buy most of the movies I want to see over and over again. I'll watch it, you know, several more times. Just some things that pulled me out. The only other thing that, that I had to say was Domino just felt odd. You know, I just pulled me out. Just a mm-hmm. little bit. Just that little bit. Gary, what do you think? Well, I guess I'm the I'd guy out here on this whole thing. Okay. I'm giving it an 8. Okay. Wow. And the reason why is because, of course, I'm biased on this because classes in it, <laughs> uh, the Essex Corp stuff's in it. Yeah. Two of my favorite villains, good guys, that are in X Men. Yep. Like the fact that they did touch upon the Mojo world. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which uh, Shaster said, "We're uh, like, where are you from? And I'm from Mojo World, the whole TV yeah. planet. planet. So th- th- 
I like that that part. But like you guys are saying, uh, you didn't understand the, who the bad guy was, which the bad guy is Wade. Sorry, but he is. <laughs> yeah, to an extent, yes. I get what you're saying. They dropped the ball with Black Tom, I thought. Yeah. I mean, even, even the drunk or not, even though I did like him and the fight that Colossus and him had was good, they still dropped the ball with him. Yep. I did like the homage to the Hulk Wolverine yeah. uh, fights mm-hmm. where, where Juggernaut ripped Wade in half. Yep. Where the Hulk always did that at the Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And then tossed his uh, legs up on top of Mount Everest and he had to go retrieve him. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I give it an eight. Okay. So, those were our thoughts on Deadpool 2. We're going to come back just after this commercial break and we're going to talk about Han Solo, a Star Wars story. We'll be back in just a moment. We'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional tunnel. Get Star Wars posters at Burger Chef. R2-D2, hurry up. That's right. Four posters featuring the stars of Star Wars are at Burger Chef. (laughs) We'd like a Star Wars poster, please. R2, it's our lucky day. Just buy a large serving of Coca-Cola for 49 cents at participating Burger Chefs, and a Star Wars poster is yours to control. There are four spectacular full-color Star Wars posters in all, so start your collection today. Artu, I think we'd better leave. Star Wars posters, only at Burger Chef, while supplies last. Hi, I'm Cornbread. I'm Judy, and we met on charmony.com. I saw her profile, and I just knew I'd found somebody special, a real Georgia peach. I'm from L.A. There's just something about her, that red hair, those long legs. It's kind of hard to put into words. I was kind of leery of using a site like charmony. You never know what kind of weirdos are on there. But obviously, there was a certain someone who caught my eye and I couldn't be happier. Our first date was at Sears. He was pricing log splitters. I told her she was good. I'd take her to corn dog on a stick. Then he said those three words every woman loves to hear. This look infected? We've been with each other ever since. We wake up together every morning. I feel like I know him so well. It's It's like like we we finish finish each other's other's sentences. Yeah. I'm just truly thankful to see Harmony for introducing us. I can't imagine where I'd be without him. Probably still in bed. Rebo's got the beat and the band plays on. You can relive it all with Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Introducing Size Noodles and the Rebo Band. Jabba the Hutt action playset sold separately. Play it again, Size. Starring Size Noodles. Goofy McCool on clarinet. Max Rebo on organ. Rib, rib it, Rebo. <laughs> Dance, Droopy. It's your last solo, Snoodles. Whoa. Use Size Noodles and the Rebo Band. Jabba the Hutt action playset sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. 
It is now a multifunctional business offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Thank you for your patience as we navigated through the promotional tunnel. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. This is our two-parter and we're on the second part. Tonight we are going to finish out our uh, podcast by talking about... Solo, a Star Wars story. Solo, <laughs> a Star Wars story. Okay, so... We're going to talk about what was supposed to be a pretty big deal, the Solo story. Yeah. And ironically, and I know, let's talk about this part first, it wasn't. It was the movie that wasn't. And that's the really weird thing about this. Somehow this movie fell massively short of its budget in, in as far as pulling in money. What do yeah. you guys think is the reason for that? Like, what caused that? I mean, like, there's a well, lot of three, debate three, about this. I think it's three parts. Okay. I'm going to say four parts. <laughs> One, bad marketing. Okay. Or complete lack thereof. First commercial or anything yeah. I saw for it, Super Bowl this year, a couple months before it came out. Yeah. You needed a year. Yeah. Two, oversaturation. We just got off a Star Wars movie not four and a half months ago or whatever, right. five months ago, and here comes another Star Wars movie. Go see again. While there's also Avengers and Deadpool and all these other things. People at some point are going to say, I can wait for this for DVD or Netflix or whatever. You know, They're right. going to say that. Three, fan backlash to The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. A lot of people hated that movie. A lot of people hate where Star Wars is going. I'm not saying for good or bad reasons. I'm just talking about what's out there in the the social media sphere. And that backlash struck this movie. Mm -hmm. And four, you are telling a movie about an iconic person that everyone associates with Harrison Ford, recast with what I think was a miscast, I'm not saying he was horrible. He was a good actor, and there were parts of it I liked, but he didn't. you don't see Han Solo when you look at him. He visually did not look like the character, and I think that was vitally important that you needed to see a young Harrison Ford to, to buy into this as much as you did. And, and five, the backlash of the original directors getting fired. Well, there's that. Oh, yeah, five, and, the whole behind right. the scenes. Okay. Right, because they dumped a bunch of money into it for, for their version, Right. and they scrapped it. Yep. And they brought Ron Howard in. I don't know how much they paid him or nothing. I don't really care, but, you know, that's... They had to redo. That's stuff that they redid. And that's a bad... I mean, we talked about how, you know, J.J. Abrams left Ryan Johnson a whole notes on how the trilogy should go and everything. Mm-hmm. And here's the things I'm setting up, and you can carry them your own way, but here's where we should take these things. And he completely ignored it. And it's been documented that they went their own route. And it's like, how are you telling a major trilogy of stories without connecting tissue and without, you know, you're right. ignoring these details? So leaving that aside, how are they also setting up a movie and letting two people direct it and not finding out that tonally it's not what they're looking for at all until they're that far into it? Right. There is some major miscommunication going on between Lucasfilm and these productions that are happening. Something's going on with either it's gotten too big and too many things are happening at once or there's some mismanagement or there's definitely bad communication lines. 
but whatever, you should know very early on in the process if you're hiring directors who totally are a fit for the story you're trying to tell. You should be seeing dailies or material and being right. reviewing it. How come you're not seeing those no. things until you send someone around the world to the shooting sites? It's, it's, it's funny. I, without even telling you guys, you just brought me to my next subject. No. Is all of this Kathleen Kennedy's fault? That's what I was just going to say. I, ble- I I put the ball in her court that she dropped it. I, I don't. I, I can't speak to that because I don't know the behind the scenes. I know what people say. I mean, she is the overarching right. head of LFL right now. Disney has handed the mantle to her and yes. said, this is your responsibility. I know this. She's no Kevin Feige when it comes to maintaining a universe. And that's the problem, right? Like, part of me is sitting here saying, somebody's got to take the hit for this one. And I hate to be like that, but Han Solo, as far as a movie, the solo movie, did not really meet the expectations they had for it. Oh, well, first of all, and so someone's got to take the fall for that. Expectations and then, for a solo movie were way over are, are I mean, huge. Yeah. If you're going to tell the Han Solo story, you better get it really right. And, can and we you, just named five th- it's like a perfect storm of things going right. wrong. Yeah. So this movie but, even coming out and doing anything had everything stacked against it because it kept the ironic thing. Hurdles. Notice nobody blamed Ron Howard. No. No one because they like him as a director. They know he knows how to tell a good story. And ultimately, and let's be honest about this, backing it up for a second, is it really that bad of a story? No. I enjoyed the movie. I actually liked it, and we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll get into the movie in a minute. But I thought Ron Howard did a spectacular job. But this thing well, was, I, I mean, as I, far as I will like, say Ron Howard did a spectacular job, but I can't say how much of a spectacular job until I know how much how much of it was, was pulled a, back. Was right. But remember, it was moving towards a comedy. Yeah, I have a feeling a lot of it was. So him. part of me sitting here saying, if the, it was supposed to be comedic, yeah. there was none of that in the one I saw. You Obviously, know? if Paul Bettany was a recast character, that and that character was, you mm-hmm. know, even though it was a couple scenes, was fairly important. There was a lot that had to be reshot to change the tone. So I'm willing to bet a lot of what we saw was Ron Howard. Oh, I think so. I think you're I, probably seeing 95 percent Ron Howard. Uh, I was going to say, I think they scrapped the whole. I almost wondered too, Gary. Yeah, and Ron Howard just reshot it. Yeah. I agree yeah. with you. I wonder if he just took it, the small clips and reshot. It, and that's where a lot of the, the budget went. probably huge. went that's to. That's huge, yeah. And, you know, it does make me wonder if they didn't have to do reshoots. So the budget has smaller for the initial take of the movie. So let's say Ron Howard came in at the beginning. They made the movie they wanted. They didn't spend as much on the budget. Would they have had more they money would, to market? They therefore, would, yes. would have been able to push this movie. They more. would have had more money to market. They also wouldn't have had the bad publicity we were hearing of the whole directors being fired Correct. and what's this going on. Right. If you didn't have any of that behind the scenes chaos, everyone would have had a more positive attitude towards the film. Right. So there, like I said, there were a number of things. Everything that could have gone wrong with this movie did. Now, do you think? The reason it didn't do well at all has anything to do with the backlash over The Last Jedi? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You really think so? I think there's some of it. I think there are people who stayed away. Because I think there was a massive backlash over The Force Awakens. I've got to be honest about that. There was some serious backlash about Mm -hmm. that. You guys had some backlash about it. But I don't think it stopped you guys from going to see Rogue One, right? No, no. And it didn't stop me from going to see Han Solo. Right. You're not so, talking. You know there right? are, like, but there is a certain part of the population who get so pissy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get. It. Who get so upset about their Star Wars? But I'm saying that's to me. They that's such a small. I don't know if it is. I think it's only like a 10. percent maybe portion of that population. I, I can speak for some of my friends outside of our group that yeah. are Star Wars fans mm-hmm. that refuse to go see Solo because of the Last Jedi. And to me, that backlash, if that's the case, is aimed incorrectly. Like if you if you're not gonna go see another Star Wars film, then don't go see nine. But they, they Solo, probably, they, 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 these these ones probably won't. 
yeah, and I get that. But solo to take it out on solo, do you know what I mean? Like little unfair because well, really again, the two things are in different worlds. Solo should have come out next Christmas. I agree with you there. Right? The, it, it, this whole the four oversaturation later, thing. I agree with the you. Timing it, it, the good. timing was bad. It, and part of me was sitting here saying like. From, from a geeky person standpoint here, okay? There's been a lot of movies in the last five months. And I've had to start making really bad decisions about what I want to go see and what I don't want to go see in the uh-huh. theater. Like, do I want to see Black Panther and not see... Oh, was it Annihilation that had Natalie Portman in it? Yeah. Do I want to go see <laughs> Deadpool 2 and not see Hansel? I mean, we're having to make some tough decisions yeah. about what we want to see and what okay. we don't want to see. D- d- your, your, your question about Annihilation or Black Panther? Yeah. Uh, I, I, Black Panther. Uh, I, I agree with you there. But Only for the fact <laughs> that I don't like Natalie Portman anymore. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, like, <laughs> there have been some tough decisions to have to make. And here's the reality. Most of us do not have never-ending pockets, and we need to start making decisions about what I want to go to the movie and see and what I don't. And when you put all these movies kind of stacked up week after week after week, at some point I have to make a decision, I'm going to go see this, but not that. I'm going to go see this, but not that, even though I'd love to see it in the theater. I saw Pacific Rim 1 in the theater. I mm-hmm. thought I'd go see two when I heard the sequel I'd seen here, and I decided not to. Nope, didn't. And it, was, it just it came went, out at such a time that it was kind of like I couldn't do right, it, yeah. you know? Well, again, the reason why I waited for it to come on video was because I don't care for John Boyega Bio- or whatever you right. want to call him. No. <laughs> and he's in it. I, yeah. I, I don't care for him. And so part of me is sitting here saying, when you, I don't think it's just an oversaturation of Star Wars. I think it's just an oversaturation. Well, it's both. I think it's both. Right? Like, it's, it's both, but I mean, like, it. You're right. It, it means Star Wars is in and of itself causing its own problem. You got to remember it its when, own way. When, we, when Star Wars was big, even during the prequels, right? You'd get a, a lead up and see the movie, and then you know a, a, a cool down after. Then you wouldn't hear much about Star Wars for like a year and a half, right? Until the next one started warming up. You hear about Star Wars every single day in, right. in certain fields and certain online media and stuff. And it also wasn't it's, on TV shows all the time. <clears throat> now we've got animated TV shows. Right. We got books. We got comics. I mean. You've got, can't keep up with it all. You've you got a lot. Can. But but the problem with the Star Wars movies though is they're relying on these other medium mediums to to carry on the story. Right? I, didn't I, I not say right. we can go back to that episode where I said yes. if I, yep. the day that comes where I've got to rely on other media to tell me my main story is the day they're going to start having lot losing fans like Ray's parents, <laughs> you know, like those kinds of things. Well, Snoke, all that. Well, well, well okay. Let's let's just look at the Last Jedi for a minute. Yeah. What was that? Was there really any story to it? Not to me. There didn't. All it was to me. was uh, uh, we found Luke. It was a Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, Michael Bay movie. That's, well, what, it that's was, what that's what it looked like. It to was me. we as we've said before. It was a nonsensical long chase scene. Yeah. A side shoot into a political commentary casino planet with a bizarre run in with a strange character who just happened to be who they needed to meet sitting in their and cell. some sort of weird comment about slavery but not really yes yeah, well the whole war machine and profiteering right, right, right. and it was a story of a grumpy old man who didn't want to help a girl right for most of it you know it's like well that's really weird you just summed up that movie in about four sentences yeah, with a reverse telling of empire strikes back right right Yep. We we did the training with Dagobah, but that happened earlier than later, and we had the fight scene against you're, the Walkers later rather than earlier, and get, it I, was reversed. Here's an even better Mirror. one for you: your hero fell at the beginning instead of the end. Think about Empire. The hero, the hero right, fall, he got, right? Well, yeah, he is got, at the end, yeah. right? But in this movie, when you think about it, the hero fall is at the beginning. 
when Luke tosses the lightsaber yeah, over his, I yeah. mean, that's the hero well, fall moment, uh, again, right? Again, it's the reverse telling of the Empire Strikes Back. Right, it is. But I'm just, like, <laughs> as soon as you said that, that's where I was like, wait yeah. a minute, the hero falls at the beginning, too. Like, it, it, it is completely in reverse. You're right. It was almost like somebody backed into the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, it was, it was, all, it was, all, it was all flash, bang, boom. That's all it was. I'll anyway, we're, we're going too much so into the Reddit. Let's, let's talk about so there's a, So there's a lot of storytelling yeah. backlash there. People unhappy with where the story mm-hmm. was going. Then you're saying, hey, remember that guy you loved? And you remember those mythical adventures he had beforehand that you don't really need to tell us. They're, we're fine imagining them. We're going to tell them to you. We're going to tell you actually what happened. Right. And it's the same problem I had when I heard that the, the sequels were coming out to the original trilogy. Okay. I always imagined they were heroes. Right. Yeah, other things happened. I don't have to absolutely, you know, actually know what happened. Right. And my fear was, oh, are they going to have real world problems? Is it going to be, are they going to still be the heroes I remember? And sure enough, it comes out and everything falls apart. Divorce of, you know, Han and Leia. Mm-hmm. And Luke runs off and hides. And the, the kid turns bad and everything's bad, bad, bad. And they did what I was worried about. Right. So after all these storytelling things, now you're telling me you're going to tell the story of Solo. And we're going to find out what the Kessel Run was and how he met Lando and how he met Chewie. And I'm like... I don't need to know these things. Stop putting definitive stories to things that don't need definitive stories. Let them be mythical. No. That adds to the character and the mystique. And now, now I see Han Solo differently. I, I know it. exactly who you're telling me exactly who he was. Now, let me ask you this question, though. Now that you've seen the movie, is it bad, all the things that we know, the backstory? I, mean, I like, don't like the Kessel Run thing. Okay. I always imagine the Kessel Run as being some kind of thing that people did in competition with each other over time and... You know, I had my own kind of telling of the story and stuff, and I found right. out no, it's just a it's a path you got to take through a certain nebula because you can't go off route. And he took it a different way. Now that was explained in a book somewhere. I don't remember which book that was. No. I want to say it was a New Jedi Order book where they explained the Kessel Run. And so as soon as they explained it in the movie, it was almost I almost want to say it was verbatim. I'm trying to think of who it, who wrote the, the book. Aaron Alston, I think, wrote the book. The, the, and it was an almost verbatim explanation. The problem I had with the Kessel Run was it was too much uh, Fury Road ish. Yeah, there was that, and then you have you know you have a whole tentacle alien you know and yeah. black hole thing that's kind of like we need these extra. Could yeah. it have just been a chase with the Empire through a very hard to navigate system? Let's add in a giant tentacle monster and a crashing yeah. well of gravity too. And it's like it got to be too much for it. I didn't like the mm. way they did it. Yeah, I get that. It, it goes back to the space whales. I, I, have a, yeah. I have a problem with the space whales, and I have a problem with tentacle creatures in the middle of space. Yeah. So then, also, <laughs> we saw how he met Chewie. I actually admit I liked the scene in the beginning where he met Chewie. I liked where he talked to him in his own language a bit, mm-hmm. and then where he uh, they discussed how to escape, and he, they faked the fight, and he, Chewie's going along with it. Right. You know, and everything. I, I thought all that was kind of fun. But... It's like it happened so quick. It's like yeah. I always felt like him rescuing Chewie also should have been more of a... This was kind of a get-my-own-butt-out-of thing. Res- it wasn't really a rescue. He's like, I'm getting my own butt out of here. You can help me. Right. I always thought, because Han was a good guy down and the way they were so close, that he saved Chewie out of compassion or something right. and broke, yeah. escaped him. Right. And, and that's it, not what happened now, I find out. I found out it was a mutually beneficial, hey, we got to get out of here and you're trapped with you. Right, and then... Uh, Chewie's supposed to have the life debt with with Han and all that. Where what? did that come in? I yeah. don't know where the life debt came in, or maybe it hasn't happened yet. Well, I don't he know. Did, he saved him on the train. Chewie was going to fall. But if that's the life debt, exactly, that is a crappy life debt. Exactly, and that's why I don't need to know those nope. things. The life debt comes from when he hands the spear to Chewie to go free the other Wookies. Is that really? Is that what it is? That's what I think it is. Oh, ugh. 
Even that's a crappy life, Death, oh, yeah. though. I'm sorry. To me, the life that, you know, Han should have, I don't know. There should have been some big gesture for Han to have some sort yeah. of life death. I told you, I always remember this happened. great concept art I saw mm-hmm. back when, you know, the comics were telling the expanded universe stories. And it was a picture of the Empire ID with Han, you know, with Solo on it and him burning it. Right. And in the background, you could see Chewie. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. And I thought that was just this one comic image told a whole story, and it was great. He burned his card because he didn't like what was being done with this you know, Wookiee, and he became friends right. with him, and Slavery was going to escape. I also didn't like that his name's not really Han Solo. Yeah, that, that bothered me a lot, too. Yeah, what was there's a name? I forgot. He didn't really have one. Oh, he, uh, my name's Han. What's, what's your last name? I don't know. I've always I'm been by myself. I'm yeah, Solo. it's like they yeah. gave him Solo. It's like, okay, your name's Han Solo now. And I never imagined he was an orphan. I never imagined he was an orphan. I also, I, I, when he was going to the Imperial Academy, I was expecting to fully see him flying a ship in the yeah, Imperial. Yeah, like him being a he good pilot. He was supposed to be an amazing pilot, right? Like, but they am didn't I show, wrong? They didn't show that part. Never showed it. They talk about it. They say, hey, I did all this stuff, but they didn't like me because I broke too many rules, and so now they got me down here doing stuff. He says right. that, like, on the planet while they're fighting. I would rather have seen him in a pilot's costume. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I pictured a, a, a little, like, a... Top Gun, yeah, montage. Uh, I was expecting gun, you know, something. Top Gun in space, and then yeah. Yeah. and then he breaks Chewie out and flies out with a ship and escapes and becomes a smuggler or something, you know. But here's the, so here's the problem, and it's it's one of the problems they say fans don't own it. Right. We make up our own stories in our head. The fact that they right. don't match what they tell shouldn't be something we get mad about. But my point is, you don't need to tell us these stories. Tell us new ones that we don't have pre-imagined. There's an infinite number you could be going if you're creative. You don't need to keep going back to the well and half relying on nostalgia. But, but the problem they've got, and, and this is where Disney, it's it's partially their problem too, when they went and took all this legacy stuff and went out the door, mm-hmm. right? The problem is we all read all, this is what we grew up on, right? And you're trying to tell me to ignore some of those stories that I like read like over and over again as a kid. I can't just like suddenly be like, all right, I forget that. Mm-hmm. No, Han, in the books, Han was part of the Imperial Academy. He brags about being part of the Imperial Academy. You can't just take that out. Uh, you just can't suddenly be like, well, right. now he's a mud trooper. Sorry, that never happened. Right, right. W- w- which is explain why he knew the going-ons with the Imperial Star Destroyers. Their, their flight plans, right. how they were going to enter your ship, all that stuff. Right, like right. That explains in A New yeah. Hope how he knew where to put the smuggling racks well, so that people wouldn't find them. I mean, just... Well, 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 even when he was talking about the Millennium Falcon, uh, how, right. you never heard of it? Just do whatever it can, you know? And, right. And I'm not talking about the... The little light, little, light, sh- little light yeah. cruisers or whatever, yeah. I'm talking about the Imperial, the, the Star Destroyers and stuff. Right. You know? so, like, you, you had this feeling of him, even from A New Hope, where you barely knew him, that he had all this knowledge about the Empire that the average right, person yeah. just doesn't have. Here's, just, a, here's the biggest problem, I, though, I have with Solo. And this came from watching someone else's kind of review of it, an essay of it. And I went, my God, they, they struck on a really good point here. What is Han Solo's story in A New Hope? A he's, guy who's just in it for the money right. yep. finds a conscience yep. and ends up coming back and changing who he is to, to, help, the to help the rebellion and to save the kid. Yep. He does that in this movie. Right. He's already a good guy. He, he gives up all the stuff he collects. He doesn't smuggle. He gives it to the rebellion and resistance. Right. So what you're telling me is he's not who I thought he was at the beginning of New Hope. He wasn't a real smuggler and a kind he, of bad guy who changed. He was already redeemed. He was already redeemed. Right. So you're negating 
an important point of his character from Star Wars. Okay, but here's an asking <laughs> point. Here's an asking point that might even like start your change on that. <laughs> Back when Lucas decided to do the special editions and change the Han Solo shot first thing, don't yeah. you think they started to alter it right there? Oh yeah. I mean, like they didn't want him to be the bad boy pirate. They wanted him already to have the hero. Well, that's why I never moment. liked. I never liked the shoot first. I, thing. I never liked I the always, shoot first. I always thing think either. he shot first. He, that right. whole point was he shot him under the table. Right, or and he just moved his leg mm-hmm. and aimed it right at Greedo. That's the part I always liked. Is he? It wasn't just the blaster. He had the blaster hooked up to his leg. Still, he never pulled it out. No, he just tilted. It was it, still so he just, just tilted fired. it, so you could just fire. And I always thought that was so. That's what made him so cool. Yes, Han just moved his leg, and, like didn't even pull the blaster out. Yeah, but it, you know, that's, but that's the touch of things. That's the, the retelling weird thing. of the people. Right, but that's the weird thing where we grew up with all this, right? Like, we knew this. My kids, that, that you know what I mean? Like, that's not the Han Solo they grew up with. So yeah. we have that epiphany about it, but I'm not sure they do. You yeah. know what I mean? That's the really weird thing. So really, I don't know. Like, and, Disney, and they Disney say, might they say have it. calculated that all They all this, say, They know? say it. They say, well, you know, Star, you don't own Star Wars. It can change for a new generation. Right. It can. But I don't know but if it why, should. why... Here's the thing. Fine. Change it going forward. Right. Tell new stories. Right. Why are you changing the past ones? Why are you rewriting the history of it? When leave the history as it is, rewriting history never turns out good. Leave the history truthful, follow it, tell new stories going forward. You know what I really wonder, too? Like, if they deliberately picked the Han Solo story, right? Because ultimately, hear me out on this one. In the grander schema of things, of all of the original actors, the one who could really care less about his character was Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. Mm-hmm. So they could kind of pick on Han Solo a little bit and like mess with him because Harrison Ford's not going to care ultimately. Okay, I'll, right? I'll, I'll, I'll uh, debunk you on that a little bit, but okay. lo- uh, I'll just add this one: the only actor from the original movies that didn't like his character and is still alive. Okay, yes, I will give you that. It's right. Harrison Ford, yes. Right. The other one was uh, Alec Guinness. He, right, Guinness he, never liked He never Obi-Wan. liked Obi-Wan Kenobi at all. And it's ironic because I, part of me wonders if Guinness had been around now, seeing you into McGregor's Obi-Wan, if he actually would have been like, yeah, that made it better. Maybe. Because I really think McGregor did Obi-Wan justice. Yes. I mean, seriously. He's one of the few characters I don't have a problem with. Right, and I think Alec, I think Alec Guinness would have looked at that Obi Wan and gone, "I like that. Okay, I'm good with my character now." You know, like I think uh, he would have. It might have tamed him down a little bit to be like, oh, "Okay, now I get it. I, I get know, it." I, I don't know. I, I I think he might still hate Obi Wan. <laughs> he just thought that Star Wars was silly. He, yeah, he called it a laser sword movie or something. He weird called, like he called that. it a silly movie. Yeah, but look at <laughs> where it went. But okay, so what parts of this movie did you like? So let's let's get into the movie now. Like, what part of uh, the solo story did you absolutely I actually, like? I, I did like the sequence where he met Chewie. Okay, I liked at least their interactions mm-hmm. and the humor of it and stuff like that. I actually thought the train sequence was a pretty darn pretty, good sequence. Pretty well put together. I liked I liked the people flying around. Mm-hmm. I liked the magnetic boots. I liked the hanging and the rotation and stuff and the plan. I liked him going back up and the guy dying next to him and right. stuff. I'm like, oh, I didn't expect that guy to get bit and bite it. And he yeah, did. John Favreau died. Yeah, so. John Favreau. Yeah, John Favreau. Uh, um, yeah. I thought that the girls going out was kind of unnecessary. It's like, really? You'll trap yourself up on a... You didn't really have a better plan than climb up there and get yourself trapped and right. you have to blow yourself up. And, oh, uh, it was to free them, though, more than anything. Yeah, but still, so. I don't know. So I, I like the train, though. Clint, Clint Howard's cameo. 
<laughs> I have to admit that was pretty funny, and I was kind of like, "Okay, well done, Ron. Well done." Yeah. I <laughs> actually know. liked Danny Glover's Lando. Yeah, for I the, did for the too. most part. I thought he did a really good job. I mean, when I first Don- heard his voice at the table, I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, that's Donald Glover, not Danny. Or yeah, Donald, Donald Glover. Glover, yeah. Donald Glover. Not Danny. <laughs> Danny would be. I'm too old for this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but but here's the ironic thing: Donald Glover, I think, stole the day. Yes. Don't you think? I, he I was, think he was. Yeah. His they almost could have called this the Lando Calrissian movie and have been okay. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it should have been Han and Lando. Calrissian, really, Han and Lando. When Han met Lando, because <laughs> like to me, he's a, a buddy musical movie. <laughs> Donald Glover stole the day from the minute he ended up on the screen. Because from that point forward, then you're like, okay, now those are the scoundrels I know. Right. But you didn't feel like that up until yeah. Lando shows up. Then you suddenly feel like when you start seeing Sabak being played and all this stuff going on. Then you're like, okay, this is the Han Solo I know. But it took you up until what, almost the halfway point? Yeah. When Lando shows up, mm-hmm. Donald Glover stole it. I mean, totally stole it. I'm amazed Disney not right now clamoring to go. We need a Kyle Rizian movie. Oh, like, I think he's. I think, sure they, I think they want. They want to have him back. Um, I actually, even though he was a replacement, I thought Paul Bettany was very menacing. Yes. He, yes. I, I was like, I we're, so I'm like you never knew when his character what he was going to do. He had that kind of approach of. No. Crap! This guy's this guy's unpredictable. The controversy the, in our world, the Mandalorian armor in the background. What do you think that meant? I mean, it was just there. Well, was no. Was he Mandalorian? Was that just a the whole point? Is with we have to jump to the end of the movie. Yeah, Cam- that's okay. Cameo we, of the big bad, right? Darth Maul. Okay, is the one who was doing all this. Yeah, it goes to the expanded universe where Darth Maul ran the Mandos. The Mandos. He for ran a the while. Mandos and ran the the what was the crime syndicate. Oh, the, the whole thing is about apparently the crime syndicate. Yeah, Red Sun or the Red, Red Sun, Sun yeah. and that they think this is all a Red. The movie is all about the Red Sun, even though they're not named. Well, they do name Red Sun a little bit, don't they? Yeah, they, yeah, name they talk about. But he's them. running it, and the Mandos. There were Mandos that were loyal to him, weren't there? They Correct. had certain there armor were. and stuff. That that's how but it all they, ties together. That armor didn't even come close. To no. no, it didn't. Armor, but, but I still think that's how they said it all tied in. And, and, and uh, I'm sorry, the the prop department. Drop the ball. Oh big my time gosh! I I am so dismayed at that Mando I mean, armor. I and mean, I, they, I don't know if you've seen the close-up pictures they've I taken. Seen the it's it's leather samurai armor. Samurai bushido armor. Really? Yeah, absolutely. It is with a Mando with a Mando with, bucket. With the Mando bucket and just a little bit of the chest piece thrown in there, just for good measure, yeah. but not enough to make hmm. it. And I was just kind of like, really, like seriously, we have thousands of Mando prop guys that could have built you. Totally bad butt Mando armor, and you didn't ask any of us to do it. Like I, I would have clamored to make mm-hmm. armor to put on that set. And like, yeah, I agree with you, Gary. Somebody dropped the ball massively. Right. I would have donated it to it. Just put my name at the end of the movie, right. Right. and I would have donated it to the movie just to have the right Mando armor sitting on a mannequin somewhere. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So just, just no, just just throw my armor. Uh, just give I, that I would do that back. too. Yeah, I would whatever. retire my armor, give it to them, put it on the mannequin. I'd be like, oh. I'm good. Yep. We can just retire now. I'm I'm happy. Seriously, I don't understand when you've got that option and that ability. Why, why would you right. get wimpy like that? Sorry, that's my lecture <laughs> of, of this particular movie. That's a rant. <laughs> that's my rant about that. Uh, but I like Paul Bettany a lot. I, I agree with you. I like Paul Bettany. I actually like Kira. Yeah, she was fine. She surprised mm-hmm. me, to be honest with you. I I, I got I, was, I got mixed feelings with her on that. At uh, first, I was sitting there going, "Okay, it's not." The chick from Game of Thrones. This is not uh, Khaleesi. This is not Khaleesi. Like, I had to tell myself at the beginning, like, it's not Khaleesi, not Khaleesi. Well, it took me a little bit, but... You, you, you're the only one that's seen her as Khaleesi. I, I didn't see her as Khaleesi. I didn't at all, but I don't watch the show, so... Right. I saw her Sarah Connors in it. 
Well, that too, yeah. Because <laughs> of the dark hair. Right. All right I, so I, I kept having to try to tell myself that's not the case, not the case, not the case. But actually, within five minutes, I totally forgot all mm-hmm. of that. And, and I was cool with it. I liked her. I liked her character. I actually was sitting there going, man, I want to know more. Like, I want to know more about Kira and her role. And, like, where does she go from here? Right? Like, what, what happens? Like, I don't know. So I liked her character. I really did. I thought, I thought it was well done. The disappointments. Let's talk about well, some Well, hold of on. I do have one other good like. Go ahead. I like that Han Solo shot first. <laughs> yes. At the yeah. end of the movie, yeah. the right end. in the middle of the speech, doesn't yep. even wait for him to stop talking, just shoots him. Just shoots. And yeah. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, it was like That's redemption for Han all Solo. those years. That's yeah, Han Solo. And Woody Harrelson's character goes, good shot. Good shot, kid. I would have <laughs> killed you. Speaking yep. of Woody Harrelson, what did you guys think of Woody Harrelson? I didn't hate him. I, I thought he did a good job. I he did liked okay. his character. He did okay. He, I wish to. It just the problem is I, I, see, I see Woody Harrelson. I can't not. <laughs> and uh, he was good for the most part. I liked him. You know, Beckett was a good character. Yeah. And and it worked. See, I, I, I wonder if I this character and, and the idea. I wonder if I would have liked it better if it was being played by someone I didn't know. I, I get non, what you're saying. A non-recognizable face. I. I that, I, that, that's the problem I got with the Star Wars movies. I, I, I believe this is the problem I got with the, the Star Wars movies. These actors that they have in them. Are known. I get what you're saying. We, we need to have nobody's playing. We need to go back to what A New Hope did, which is to just well, find, that's, I mean, find they, people they kinda, we don't know, you know. Let's face it. Did you ever hear Daisy Ridley before A New Hope or Force Awakens or John Boyega? I'd seen I him did. in one movie. I'd seen I had, him in two. I'd seen him in one. And I hadn't seen I know that, what's his name, Kylo Ren there, Adam Driver, Driver, was Driver. big in like girls and some TV shows, but I'd yeah. never seen him. So they picked, to me, the level that they had experience, but I wasn't super familiar with them. And that worked. Those people own those characters for me. Even though I don't like the stories and what they're doing with them, they <laughs> own those characters. So I don't think they did bad there, but I think in other cases, casting name people. But I, I get what stage. Gary's saying. Like when, well, Star, when A New Hope came out, they were literally no-nothings, most of them. The only ones you knew anything about in A New Alec Hope and, and Peter Cushing. And Peter Cushing were the only two that and was Harrison like, Ford had just been in... Um, but remember, but they, he's a bit, ro- bit part in Right, it, right. And American they Graffiti, were recording yeah. at the same time in two studios right across the soundstage no, 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 from each no, other. No, not American Graffiti. I'm pretty sure Graffiti... No. no, that's right. It ended the year before, didn't no, it? No, American Graffiti came out in the early 70s. Was it early 70s? Yes. Okay. Maybe it was two I was thinking about. I think American Graffiti 2 might have been happening right around yeah, the same he time. Yeah, was, he wasn't in it, though. Right. All put together, I thought Woody Harrelson played a great job in this role. And I was okay with it because his haircut was so weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that it kind of made you feel like, okay, it's Woody Harrelson, but it's not. You he know just, what I mean? he like got over the death of his girl way too quick. I'll give you that one, that, yeah. that was kind of like, oh, I guess she just doesn't matter. I wrote that off as a pirate who was like, well, there goes my girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know. I just kind of wrote that off as yeah. that. I like the fact that he's the guy that gave Han Solo his blaster. And that the blaster has a whole heck of a lot more going on than we originally thought. Yeah, I want to see the blaster. I want to see the rifle. full thing, the full and rifle the now. Rifle. Like, I, I wanted want to see, like, almost want to see it and then make it for my Mando because how yeah. cool would that be? Yep. Like, I don't know. I just, that, I just thought that whole part was cool. All right, so let's talk about the detractors because we've talked about all the things we like. Well, uh, one, what were some of the detractors? The, the one, one main thing I did like, I did like the Falcon. As a, as a brand new ship, yeah, the, yes. the Falcon was cool. And how they destroyed it, I I, I, <laughs> I liked it. I liked that. I thought it was a little fast to destroy it, but I <laughs> all hey. I could think of was like everybody who buys a new car knows, and the minute you drive it off the lot, it's now completely <laughs> like twenty percent less than it was worth the minute you you bought the car, right? I mean, like, but p- p- picture you. It's not your shit. It's not your car, right? All right, you bought your you bought the car, and I took it. For a right, joyride. For a joyride, yeah. Right, and I brought it back to you that way. 
That's how I looked at it. I did. I, I gotta admit, another good moment was, and it's just an individual moment, is when he's like, "There are thirty armed people on that ship. We're gonna be out here at a moment's notice," and she <laughs> takes off. Yeah, he goes to Woody Harrelson. As you were saying. As you were saying. saying. Yeah. I thought that was a good moment. So, you know, so we had a lot of good moments, but let's talk about the ones we were kind of like, eh. Okay. Okay. So what what were some of the moments that made you question this movie a little bit? I didn't like any of the mine scene. Okay. The choreography in the fight outside the mine and stuff, horrible. They're standing out in the middle of the open, not ducking, not hiding, guns all around them. People have time to set up mounts and fire machine guns. They're not hitting any of our heroes, and our heroes are just taking them out and kind of maybe ducking. Horrible choreography. That was an abysmal action. Now remind sequence. me, is that where the mud troopers were and all that? No, no, scene? no. When they were getting on the, Kessel. On Kessel. Oh, on when they Kessel. Were, he itself, was trying okay. to bring up the stuff, and the guys oh, are yeah, standing. Yeah, yeah. The whole sequence was just okay. horrible. Horrible mm-hmm. choreography. I hated that scene. Okay. Uh... I was actually bothered by the car chase scene. That's not really a car. The it's, it's a speeder. Mm-hmm. It felt too much like Star Trek. A little like, bit because we've right? seen that the Captain Pike scene mm-hmm. with with uh, or no Picard. No, I, Pike. Oh my gosh, Kirk. Kirk. Kirk thank but you. Done, Wrong Captain. Done by Chris Pine. Right. You know. Yeah. Chris Pine's version, but now we've got it with Han Solo, and I just felt, felt like it was that whole. I scene think they needed to look redone. more like they needed to look more like speeders. They I looked a little too much like cars. They looked cars. like cars, and it yeah, just didn't the, feel right. The one that he was driving looked like a Jeep. In particular, yes. Mm. Yeah. And it's a shame, because that's the one that took place in the planet where I wanted to see the background with the ships and all the cool stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And Corelli, I mean, like it, it was a cool moment that could have been so much cooler. But because of that moment, you, you pulled me out slightly. Yeah. Slightly. I didn't like all the Easter eggs in the office. Sorry. I didn't like the crystal skull being in the office. Oh, yeah. I the, didn't the like totem. the fertility idol. I didn't, you know, They did why? have a though. They did do a sit yes. And, but, that, and they think that was because of Darth Maul and the tie sure, in there. Sure, yeah. But, I mean, part of me was just like, you didn't need all the stupid stuff yeah. in the background. It was too much. It was, like, way too much trying to shove something in there just for the cool effect of it. Yeah. Well, it's just Bettany's trophy room. That's all it was. I get it. That's all, I didn't really... But you didn't need to have those weird throwbacks. Like, the crystal skull could have been left out. I'm sorry. Just too weird. Well, it goes back to the Indiana Jones movie with R2-D2 and C-3PO. I, I get it. I get it. But that was hard to find. Yeah. This right. was a bit more out in the open. This was very out in the open. Again, yeah. it's a difference between the filmmakers and mm-hmm. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. And I guess the other part of it that, that bothered me throughout the whole movie, and I guess it goes back to what you were talking about, Eric, where Alden Reich just didn't... By the end of the movie, I wanted swag. I wanted... Solo to have some sort yeah. of swag. It never happened. I didn't feel it. Where, where Not nearly everybody the said you would have this this feeling like, oh, you know, Solo's yeah. got a reason to have swag. I didn't feel like he had a reason to have swag by the end of the movie. No. And there were some weird scenes that just caused me to think that. You know what I mean? Like the one where they're on the ship and they're kind of lowering down and he's talking and they're on that weird overlook. It was just kind of a weird scene to have a conversation I can't even remember what what they were writing in, and they were they were talking, just talking about what they were going to do next. And it was just a weird scene, and mm. it just felt forced. There were a lot of forced scenes that didn't feel right, and it's really weird because when you couple that with Lando, who was in scenes I thought were forced, but he made the scene. Yeah. So it was like you forced the scene on me, this Sabak scene. Like, we knew it was coming. You knew it was going to get forced on us. But somehow, Donald Glover made that seem to work and made you want to fit into that, that whole There's thing. this unexplainable thing. Some people have charisma. Some people have that strength of right. presence. And to, to capture the feel of these 
now mythic characters in our minds. Right. You need people who have that level of presence. And Aaron Reich's a perfectly fine actor, and I picked up on the nuances he was trying to do to, to mm-hmm. play tribute to Harrison Ford and stuff and his voice and certain mannerisms and things, but I don't feel like he has that set, that presence. He right. can be a perfectly fine actor, but I don't feel he has that presence that was needed. And his look not matching Harrison Ford went a really long way for pulling me out of the movie. And part of me is sitting here saying, you have all of Hollywood to choose from. This is the best you I'm got? So- I'm sorry, Ingruber. Sorry. You had him. You had the guy who looked like it. You're like, oh, he's right. never held up a movie before. Neither had Harrison Ford no. and Mark Hamill right. and all that. Do it. Take right. the guy who looks like the role. Let him act. Give him training if you need to. Heck, you had right. to give this guy training, apparently, and give him acting lessons. <laughs> yeah. So just you should have gone with the guy who would have visually... If I, I'm trying to picture Ingruber in those scenes, and I'm like, I would have believed every single one of those scenes more. Right. Because he looks so much like a young Harrison Ford. Yep. That... I'm, people don't think it, wor- it matters, and I'm like, it does. <laughs> so, Gary, what was one of the things that pulled you out of this movie? Um, one of the biggest ones was the droid. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. L3? Mm-hmm. The L3. Yeah, yeah just, it was a weird character. I, I, I guess it's, it's making everything too politically correct right now mm-hmm. with everything going on, what's going on in the world right now with the, that droid. I know I'm going to get a lot of backlashes on this one, but it was, it was just overly racist to me. The droid itself. Yeah. 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 I mean, I like the idea of a droid that's for freeing other droids. I, I am, I think too. that's a cool idea. I just don't... It didn't come... It didn't work for me. It didn't work right, anyway. It didn't feel necessary to the moment, I guess. And that's the thing. Like, it's one thing if you can do that inside the storyline and it fits and it works and you're like, okay, I'm with that. Right. But this felt forced. And I think this is why a lot of people are on Kathleen Kennedy's case. And I'm not, I'm not ragging on Kathleen Kennedy for this, but there are people that are. And that is they're claiming that she seems to be forcing political viewpoints down Star Wars' throat. The idea that women are stronger than Star Wars has ever portrayed them. Which I find weird because when you look at when you look at Princess Leia and you look at the role that Carrie Fisher played for its time, there had never been a stronger woman in a stronger role than Princess Leia. I really can you think of one other than maybe Ripley from Alien? I can't think of one in that time frame. That was that strong. I, I might be wrong on that, but well, I... R- R- Ripley was strong in her own aspect, where Princess Leia went from being a princess... To being... To a, a slave. Right. And then back to being... Right. At the top. Right. And so, you know, to and, me... And then to me, that's, that's, that's a strong character to do yeah. to be able to do that. And then we get these weird characters now, like this... And it's, I don't think you're necessarily racist for blaming this guy, but what I think you're, what you're trying to say is it doesn't fit into what we're talking about in the story arc of what's going on. Right. Well, it doesn't conveniently fit, you know, it just, it felt forced into there, you know, like if there had been some sort of scene in there where I felt like droids were being exploited in some way, I'd have been like, oh yeah, yeah, we gotta do something about that. Well, there was the, that's the whole point of the fight. And you first saw them, there's the droid fighting going on, and she was saying, you don't have to be a part of this. Right. So she's watching murder, two droids kill each other to destroy each other. But that's where it feels forced. Like, you hadn't seen it before, you didn't know what was going on before, there's no, like, there's none of this has been discussed before, and in five minutes they expect you to be on their side and be like, yep, we gotta end this. Like, it just didn't feel right. I I I don't know. I think if you just show the, like, the scene from the Java sail barge there, when the... Yeah, when they're torturing the the robots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A a droid torturing another droid, right? Just throw that scene in there and have have her, you know, go off on the guy that's disgusted tor- tor- for yeah. the guy. Yeah, that's torturing him. Right. I, I would have been okay with that. It just, like I said, it seemed a little forced, is all. And and it just, you know, I know a lot of people are ripping on Kathleen Kennedy and all that, but I I see what they're saying, and that is, 
it a lot of the things that they're trying to make commentary on seem forced, like they're shoved in there. When you look at things like Star Trek, that was making some solid commentary about political things. It really wasn't forced in there. It was kind of written into the storyline, nice and neat, tucked in there if you were paying attention. And you didn't have to, like, they didn't have to shove it down there. It just kind of was there. You know what right. I mean? I kind of feel like in Star Wars, at times, not all the time, we're suddenly starting to try to shove it in there. And I, we don't need to. You know what I mean? Like, if it's not there, it doesn't need to be written in. I don't and, know. And the other part, personal feeling. the other big part, I, a big problem I had with it was the rebellion at the end of it. Okay. You know, it's like, okay, I know the rebellion's out there at, at this point, but we don't need to have an actual rebel cell. Inside of the planet. Inside, inside this movie. You didn't need it. Okay. It, it should have been just an, uh, another group of pirates after the same same stuff. What well, like you- I said, that went into telling. It, that's, it was basically changing Han Solo's character right. from mm-hmm. A New Hope to making him already of having assisted the rebellion right. before they even got to that point where really he wanted, when we met him, he wants no part of any rebellion. He wants to live his life. And, 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 and so they're, they're kind of changing who he is. And everybody wants to see more of this Enfys Nest person, and I, I don't. That's the I, weird I, thing. I, I, I'm in your boat, Gary. I could care less about Enfys Nest. I, I, I don't know why there's this this clamor for Enfys Nest. You know, I'm, I'm sure people will say, well, it's the Boba Fett of the day that we don't know a lot about her background, and right. I, I, could, I could care less. I don't the, know. What I, what, I, what I got out of the whole thing is it's Woody Harrelson's daughter. That's kind of, yeah, I could see that's, that. That's what I got out of it. I could see that. That'd be interesting. Interesting story if that was the case. That, that, that they may flush out later. That, that, that's that's the only thing that flush I. Out, flush that, out. That's the only thing I got out of that whole thing. Yeah. And then the, oh, we need the, the other stuff for the rebel, rebellion and stuff. I I, I don't I didn't buy any of it. And so many stories lately are about getting fuel cells. <laughs> All, right. You never heard about there are any fuel issues in any of the prequel. You know, in any of the, or in any of the original trilogy. Fuel didn't seem to be a problem Yeah, or this in point. the prequels. But now, all of a sudden, it's like ships are running out of fuel in a chase in Force Awakens. They need fuel in every single dang episode of Star Wars Rebels. Right. And now they're doing fuel things in so- Solo. It's like, they're really talking a lot about fuel. All right, so let me ask you this question. What, what we need, we need uh, space whalers. <laughs> all right. Because then they have all the, all the fuel. There you go. Want. Let me ask you this question now. What about the big reveal? We haven't talked about that at all. Darth Maul. I loved it. At the end of the movie. It was awesome. I loved it. Loved it. He looked beat up. He looked older. He had the mechanical legs. And, and what I think their soul is going to go to Tatooine to help Maul locate Kenobi. Okay. That's what I think the whole... Do you think the hope was to lead into another solo movie where yes. Maul's in Oh, yeah. It? That was the plan. I think Maul was supposed to become the big bad of the next movie. Okay. He, he, or maybe he's re- leading the Red Sun at that point. Yeah, yeah. And, and Hans. Uh, do you think that still could potentially happen? I mean... It's tough right now with the loss of money. Considering the loss of money, I, right? They need... I well, think they'll feel better if they get another big hit under their belts. They'll be like, okay, it was a one-off. Yeah. But if they come across another movie that, A... So, like, if nine tanks... If nine tanks... Because that's, that's, I think, our next Star Wars. It is. A big film. There's nothing in between. Nope. Except the release of the show in the fall. Right. Re- if there's resistance. no interest in the show, that's going to be a hit. But not as big of a hit as the major movies. Right. But if Nine has the same kind of problems, it doesn't show, you know, a fan base turns on it, there's so much disagreement, it, it doesn't do well for whatever reason. Right. If any of that happens, 
I could see them being like, well, yeah, we got to rethink all this. What we need to do, or what Disney needs to do, is knock over a couple of oil tankers, because after all, you know, there's fuel in there, and uh, then they can make another movie. <laughs> goes back with the fuel cell stuff, you know. So let me ask you, because there, here was some of the outcry about having Maul in this movie. Some people complained that, well, hey, Maul's not supposed to be alive, which I was like, duh, did you not watch any of the Clone Wars? Yeah, but they made, all canon. Va- they made a valid point if you didn't watch the Clone Wars and you didn't watch Rebels, Rebels at all. Right. None of that made sense. And there are a lot of Star Wars fans who didn't. Right. But to me, if you didn't, and he's alive in his metal legs. That's just like what? How? What? Ha-? It makes you want to. To me, I want to know. Right. And I, that's that was what I was kind of like. Well, I think they were trying to do that. So if you didn't know, now you want to go back and find yeah. out, right? So there was that clamor about all that. The other complaint was, well, they're just trying to set it up for a mall movie, and I was kind of like, so. What's your problem? Part of me was like, good. You know, like what's wrong with that? I don't know, but they they had an issue with having a you know standalone Darth Maul movie. Well, originally it was going to be a. I think they said it was maybe going to be a Vader. Yeah, they they were toying with a bunch of different people. They were to to be the cameo. And Maul, they're still toying with the idea of Mm -hmm. having a Darth Maul movie, and I I think it would be spectacular. But for me, I wouldn't want one like this. I don't want this Maul. Sounds awful, but not this version of Maul. I, I'd rather see a younger Maul before he met up with Palpatine kind of I, thing. I, I want both. Oh, yeah? I want half the movie to be him being trained by Palpatine, doing Palpatine's work. And then maybe fast forward to this moment. Uh, have a little flashback to the, the fight on the boo, how he mm-hmm. how he gets his legs. Yeah. Uh, Chopped off or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, re, re, well, how, how he gets his re, new yeah. robotic legs, yeah. Right. And... Sh- you know, touch a little bit through the Clone Wars and, and Rebels and end it with the fight between Obi-Wan and him. Yeah, I mean, that would be a great movie. It really would. It would be a great story arc, too. And I think it would really tell the whole story and kind of give you a really cool yeah, The problem is what you named there, the only part that's new is the part before right. Palpatine. Everything right. else is a retelling of stuff we've seen we've in other We've seen, media. already seen, yeah. So well, it's like, but I don't he, see him doing that. But you can still do other things. What, what, what did he, what was he doing before he got with Ezra with the, you know, even after Ezra with the right. holocrons? Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts uh, of stuff you could tell, but you're also walking a thin line there because you're saying people didn't watch all these other shows. Right. So how much can you put those into a major movie and have people understand what's going on if they didn't watch if Clone Wars? they didn't Wars, watch the Clone Wars or Rebels. Rebels. Well, uh, the same way we're not understanding what's going on with the movies because we ain't reading the books and the, and the comic books and everything this else. This is true. This is true. We don't know where Ray came from or yeah. where... Yeah, I get it. Well, have they explained where Ray came from in the books? No, but in a video game they did. What was the... Uh, was it Force Awakens? Or the Battlefront 2 they, they did? They reveal who Ray's parents are. I still haven't played that, but I, I know they reveal it in there. That, that's what they said. I, I haven't seen it myself either. I haven't played that either. Yeah. But it's supposed to shows how much I cared about playing that part of the game. Um, <laughs> the heroine in the battlefront is the mother. Right. Is the mother supposedly of? Oh, really? Of Ray, the girl, yeah. the Tie Fighter right. girl. Yeah. And the father is supposed to be Palpatine's son. Right. Hmm. Yeah, and so that's why she has this amazing ability in the Force. So that that's supposedly didn't know Palpatine the, had a son. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's a whole other story supposedly happened in a book somewhere along the way. Yeah. I think it's the was it the Tarkin book or I, I don't know. remember which book that is. I have no idea. I, well, here that's the thing is he can't tell that story in episode nine because there's no way most of the audience is going to follow that. Right or know what the heck they're talking about. That's yeah. yeah. 
So let's rate Han Solo since we've talked about it quite a bit and we all have a general idea. So again, zero being a don't bother, ten being a must see. Uh, Gary, why don't you go first in this one? I, I give it a first. six. Okay. All right. Anything that that would give it the six for you, like negatively or how about positively? Positively, but for me, is the Falcon. Okay. The Falcon is a character that needs kind of own, stole the show. Right. It needs its own movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Right. Beckett was good. Of course, it goes back to the bad guys. It seems like the bad guys are always fleshed out better than the good guys are. I'll give you that. Empress Nest, I care less about her and her little wandering band of bandits, or whatever you want to call them. Kira really didn't do much for me at all. Okay. So. All right. I saw a great meme where it was uh, Han Solo's release from Carbonite. Yeah. He's like, yeah, who he goes, is it? Kira? And, and, yeah, someone who, Leia goes, someone who loves you. And he's like, Kira? Kira? <laughs> I saw that one too. All right, I guess I'll go next. I actually would give this one an eight. Yeah, I know. I'm actually scoring it higher than Deadpool 2. I liked it. I actually, for all the stuff that I'm kind of ripping on it, there's a lot of things I liked about this movie. I loved the whole Mud Trooper scene. I really, there was something yeah, about we didn't, that. We didn't talk about that much, but I did think that I was a pretty that good was really sequence. cool. But before you go any further, you, you said on a scale of 1 to 10. 0 to 10, yeah. Zero, 0 being don't see it, 10 is a must-see. All right. I liked it. Okay. Well, yeah, I didn't have to see it. No, I get it. So. For me, it was a must-see only because I actually liked a lot of the things in there. I, 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 I did too, but I just... I get it. I get it. I'm just giving just you my did. opinion here. That's all. So I'm telling you mine too. <laughs> so I, I actually liked the meaning of Chewie and Han. I was okay with that. I, I actually thought Donald Glover stole the show. That bothered me a little bit. Not enough to like make me want to hate the movie. There were a couple moments that pulled me out. Like I said, the, the speeder chase scene felt weird, forced. I agree with Gary. The robot felt a little forced. Forced, you know, at times I just kind of felt like we didn't need that. I thought Emphis Nest, you know, the the mystery surrounding him, her, it, and we weren't sure. A little forced here and there. But there were so many good things in this movie that I liked that I was like, yes. And you know what? It felt Star Wars-y. It felt like I was in the Star Wars universe. There was not too many moments where I went, wait, where are we again? Or, like, what are we doing? I felt like I was at least in the universe. Where, like I said, there are points, not a lot, small points in Rogue One where I kind of feel like I'm not sure that we're in that Star Wars universe. And maybe that's why I didn't feel the same way about Rogue One that I felt about this movie. I, I kind of liked it. I actually was surprisingly happy with the way the movie turned out. Eric, what about you? I'm right between you guys. I'm a seven. Okay. I'm like a half point under Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, I was actually surprised with how well it held together with all of the conflict it had and right. all of the backstory and all the hurdles. It held together deep, pretty well. I thought it was very, very apt direction by Ron Howard mm-hmm. that he, he had a good grasp of the characters and telling the story and stuff. I liked Paul Bettany's character a lot. I thought he was an excellent, menacing villain. Mm-hmm. I liked the overall... I mean, they, the story they told never felt super rushed. And that's one of the problems I have with some of these stories sometimes right. is that you're getting one thing to another because they're trying to cover everything. Mm-hmm. My biggest downfall comes with the whole Kessel sequence from the getting in there to the choreography of it to the actual run through the the outer right. space part and the monster in the space and stuff like that. That sequence to me didn't didn't work great, you know. And I did have a you know trouble with some of the characters. Some of the things they don't live up to what you'd hoped. The, the rescue right. of Chewie wasn't as big and as self-sacrificing on Han's part as I'd right. hoped. Han as a character wasn't a scoundrel. 
Mm-hmm. They, they turned him into a nice guy. So when you meet him at the beginning of New Hope, you're like, oh, I already know he's not a he's not a scoundrel. It's like, no, he's supposed to be a scoundrel at that point, and right. he's supposed to find his heart, you know? So you had to tell the story about a guy who didn't... He, he, yeah, you could have given him a little heart. He, he saved Chewie, obviously, and stuff, but he right. didn't have to become helping the rebellion guy that they made him. I like the action sequences. I like the train sequence a lot. I liked him shooting Beckett right in the middle of the conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, I even like some of the way the action was done even in the throne, Paul Bettany's r- throne room there. Yes. The ducking behind the desks and yep. with the knives and everything. And, um, in close quarters, too. In close too. quarters. I thought, that was, I thought that was pretty good. I didn't hate Alden Ehrenreich's portrayal. I went in expecting to not really enjoy it. I just couldn't see Han Solo. I mm-hmm. still didn't come out seeing Han Solo. Right. I see someone trying play, to be trying to be Han Solo yeah. and not reaching it. I didn't. And physically, he never looked the part. He never. No. He doesn't look like Han Solo. So I had those drawbacks and everything. But as a as an overall telling of a Star Wars story, pretty well done. Nice tie-ins to all sorts of other media and all sorts of other bits and pieces of the story. I loved Darth Maul being in it because I'll never mm-hmm. get enough of Darth Maul. <laughs> uh, you know, and to see him finally in an official movie, not right. just a TV show, he's back in a, a movie, movie is a yep. big deal for me. And overall, I thought, you know, Donald Glover, he was really good Lando. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's a seven. There were definitely parts I didn't like, but overall, I'm more on the positive side, and I'm glad I saw it. All right, so two quick questions to kind of wrap up here. Do you guys think that... Ron Howard will get a nod to do another Star Wars movie now, even I, though this one fell short. I think so. I yeah. I don't think. Here's the funny thing. Even though it fell short, even though people are complaining or whatever, I don't think a single person is putting it at Ron Howard's feet. That's what's weird. Is he's he's coming out. He's of it. not coming out of it. He's with, coming out of yeah. it. Great. He's like, yep. they, oh, he's the guy who came in and tried to save the day. He's the guy who pulled. Actually, it all I think together. a lot of people agree he saved yeah. the day. <laughs> so, I think, I don't think anyone could have been worse. Yeah, I don't think anyone's putting blame on him. And if they yeah. are, I'm surprised because it doesn't seem like he deserves right. it. So I, I could very well see him, him getting another nod. Uh, I almost wonder if like if people are keep clamoring about Ryan Johnson, if maybe Ron gets a trilogy based on this movie, right. potentially. So here's my last question. Do you think Han Solo, the, the, the solo story, gets a bump in Blu-ray sales? Since a lot of people didn't go to the theater to go see it, will we suddenly see I think that? I think bump? there'll be a lot of people who find it that way and who end right. up watching it going, "Oh, that was I pretty given it a shot." Yeah, yeah. that was yeah, that's, that's I, a pretty good Star Wars movie. I think when it comes on Netflix or if it goes to HBO or whatever, or even Disney streaming yeah, service, um, people will pick it up and, and watch it, and then when I go out and get the DVD, yeah. I think I think it'll be. Especially if the DVD comes out with additions. That's what I'm thinking, Added too. scenes. Mm-hmm. If they do something... I hear there was, a you know, like 25, 30 minutes cut from this. Yes. If they put that back in, like they always hint at and oftentimes don't do, but if they do it this time, I would want to see those scenes. I'd want to see a bit more. I'd want to see what together. Disney dropped I mean, on the floor. Just we know Tag and Bink got cut out. Yeah, that's true. Tag and Bink <laughs> so got cut out. So there's, yeah. there's definitely some things in there that I'd like to that see. That might have been interesting, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I think this is a movie that gets looked on with a more positive light as time goes on. I really think this will be... I agree. I think down the road people will not have this negativity towards it. I think a lot of the negativity you're seeing about this movie has nothing to do with this movie, and it sounds awful, but has everything to do with The Last Jedi. And it's unfortunate that this movie had to suffer because of the backlash about The Last Jedi. Which is why I think it should have waited until Christmas. I agree with you. Okay, so those are our thoughts about Deadpool 2 in the first half of this episode. And your thoughts about the solo movie and the second half of this episode. We'd love to hear what you have to say. So contact us at our email, galaxycast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on YouTube. And let us know what you think as we
we like to always say here in the Star Production Studios, may the force be with those who listen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line, You failed me for the last time. And look for the GalaxyCast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.